fitting the the archetype of a programmer, um, which I think is more luck than anything else. Episode 21, December 2014. This episode is a short Q&A with Natalie Weizenbaum. Um, well, I'm Natalie Weizenbaum. I am the lead designer and developer for SAS and have been um, more or less since its inception. Um, I also work for Google on Dart, which is a uh, new-ish web programming language. Um, I work on the package manager for that. Um, and that's that's pretty much my professional life. Um, in my spare time, I play a lot of games and enjoy the Seattle weather such as it is. What kind of games do you enjoy? Um, well, I play a lot of Magic the Gathering. Um, that's probably the most by volume. I also like um, little video games, like the sorts of things you can play in like 10 minutes to half an hour. Um, I try to play a lot of those. Uh, I even have a, a little blog that I write about them on. Um, yeah. Um, so what exactly do you do for work? Um, well, so uh, Dart as a programming language needs a way of um, distributing and installing uh, libraries that other users write. So um, I and um, one of my coworkers, Bob Nystrom, work on the package manager that does that. So it's called Pub, um, and it works sort of in a similar vein to Ruby's bundler. Um, you declare uh, a set of dependencies and which versions of those dependencies that your package supports, and Pub figures out um, from all of those and all of the dependencies, dependencies, exactly which versions um, to install for each uh, package. What are you famous or infamous for? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm probably best known for doing SAS. Um, it's sort of uh, uh, my baby. Um, and if I, you know, run into people at tech conferences or whatever, that's usually how I introduce myself. Um, in terms of uh, what I'm known for in the SAS community, I guess uh, I'm pretty stubborn. Part of doing language design is fielding a lot of feature requests, but also knowing that most feature requests sort of exist to satisfy a one-off urge and wouldn't really be a good fit for the language as a whole. So I end up saying no a lot. I guess that's something I'm infamous for. In the past, you've also been involved with Hamel, right? Yes. Yeah, I used to be the lead designer and developer of Hamel until um, between my full-time job at Google and uh, uh, working on SAS, I had to put it by the wayside. And now uh, Norman Clark is running that project um, and doing a lot better than I was at the tail end when I didn't have much time to devote to it. How did you get into open source and SAS? Well, um, when I was in college, um, I took a course called Software Design and Development um, taught by uh, Gail Lockman, who is now known for her books on um, interview training. And 
one of the things she taught us in addition to software design and development was how to pursue um, uh, a job in the industry. And she had two important pieces of advice. One of them was do internships, and the other one was do open source. Um, and I did both of those, and um, I found that I, I really liked open source. The way I got into it specifically was I was working on um, a little like blog to sort of dip my feet in Rails, and um, I was following the Rails mailing list a little, um, and I saw a post uh, from Hampton Catlin, the creator of Hamel and Sass, saying, I have this new little pr uh, language I developed for writing templates, and you all should try it out. And it was Hamel, and it was a very small code base at the time with a lot of features that needed writing. So I was like, this seems like a perfect opportunity to jump in and um, try to do some open source stuff that in a code base that I can sort of wrap my head around and actually contribute something meaningful to. And I just kept working on it, and the rest is history. Um, what's the setup you use for writing code? It's pretty bare bones. I just use Emacs and a terminal. Um, my Emacs setup is uh, a little less bare bones. Um, when I was in school, I spent a lot of time tinkering on it. Since then, I've had uh, less spare time to do that, but I still go in and poke around occasionally. Um, I tend to use uh, a lot of uh, panes in the editor at once and switch between them very quickly, um, which uh, works for me and looks very impressive when people come over and look at my screen. Do you like working from home, office, coffee shop? What works best for you? I usually work from the Google office. Uh, it's nice to I, I like being around people who I can bounce ideas off of, um, especially when I'm working on Dart stuff, which I do about 80% of the time. Um, it's uh, uh, important to get feedback and to be able to talk to people face-to-face. -face. Um, it's also nice to have uh, food options available. Uh, when I work from home, I tend to put off eating lunch until late in the afternoon and then that affects my productivity negatively. I do work from home occasionally though. I'm doing it today, for example. Do you get up early, normal, super late? What's your deal? I get up pretty late. Um, I usually come into the office around 11 um, and stay until 7 or 8 um, because I'm very much not a morning person. I like staying up late and getting up late. What's it like to work at Google? Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, it's, I like to say that as giant soulless corporations go, it's probably one of the better ones. Um, I certainly don't agree with all of their policies, especially, uh, uh, when it comes to privacy and, um, uh, respecting users' desires about their information, I think we've struggled a lot with that. I think our heart's in the right place as much as it can be. Like We certainly internally have um, a large number of policies to safeguard uh, individual users' data from employees who are malicious for some reason or whatever, but 
I think some of our history with um, Google Buzz and Google Plus is uh, not ideal. On the other hand, I think we're getting better. I think we've learned from those experiences. If you decide to come maybe in super late in the afternoon, would that be a problem? I don't think anyone would say anything unless I made a habit of it. Um, especially if I, you know, it, it's all about whether I got my work done. So, um, if, if I came in super late and, you know, also stayed super late and managed to, uh, finish up everything that needed to be finished up, that would probably be fine. Although there's, there's always, um, overlapping with other people to consider. Um, so the, uh, uh, the bigger problem wouldn't be like, you know, not falling within the approved times so much as it would be the not having enough time to interact with other people and, um, uh, you know, answer their questions face to face or talk things over with them. Would you say that um, a large part of people at Google work remote these days? Um, in my team, no. I can't really speak for the rest of Google, but um, in my team, everyone works from the office by default and pretty much only works from home if they have a reason to. Um, we do have a couple people in um, who are on the quote-unquote Seattle team, but actually live in and work from Mountain View. Um, and they work, they do that to work more closely with teams down there, but they also work from the Mountain View office rather than from home. Could you give us also a little bit of a elevator pitch about Dart? Sure. So the sort of the, the motivating goal is that it's really tough to write very large applications in JavaScript. Um, like JavaScript works pretty well for the, what it was originally designed for, which is like um, scripting static HTML elements in a sort of small way. But the more that builds towards an actual application at, with you know many layers of logic and disparate components that need to interact with each other and multiple excuse me multiple engineers working on uh, uh, the the project at once and needing to coordinate with one another. The fact that JavaScript doesn't have um, strong notions of encapsulation or even really classes um, or types makes that difficult. So Dart, Dart sort of fixes a lot of the, the warts of JavaScript, um, brings it more towards a... Um, sort of C-sharp-like uh, uh, object-oriented language. Um, it, it's a little bit more static um, in that you can annotate uh, your methods and uh, variables and stuff with types, although you're not required to. It's an optionally typed language in that way. Um, and also in that um, scope is more strictly lexical and uh, uh, file-scoped than JavaScript, so it tends to be easier to figure out where any given name is coming from. Um, it's also got a more uh, 
a, a broader standard library um, by a fairly long margin uh, that just ships with the, the platform. And it has, I think, a much more um, appealing story in terms of user-produced packages. Um, where in JavaScript you have, uh, I mean, there are countless packages in JavaScript and countless package managers as well. But um, when you're using a package in the JavaScript world, you get the entire footprint of that package no matter how little of it you use. Um, whereas in Dart, because it's a more static language, um, we're able to do what's called tree shaking, where the uh, uh, the compiler to JavaScript is able to take the um, pieces of the, the program that are actually used and strip out the rest so that you only pay for the, the code that you actually touch um, in terms of file size and uh, footprint, which I think is very valuable. So you have a daily routine? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing special. I uh, get up in the morning, get ready for work, uh, uh, head to work, work for an hour, half an hour until it's lunchtime, go to lunch with the team, um, then work until dinner, um, uh, then depending on when I finish and what I have left to do, either head home or do a little bit more work and then head home. What about sports or exercise? Are you a fan of that? I'm not a big sports fan. Um, most of my exercise comes from just walking. I like to walk a lot. Um, there are a lot of great parks in Seattle that I like to visit. Do you like taking meetings during a walk? I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone likes taking meetings, but yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly if I, have to, if I have to meet with someone, doing, doing it on a walk is ideal. Uh, weather permitting. Have you any tips against procrastination? For me, the most helpful thing is just being excited about what I'm working on. Um, when when I'm getting ready for work in the morning, I think through what's on my plate for the day and think about which parts of it I'm most excited to to deal with, and I sort of dive into those first, and that sort of gets me rolling. How do you deal with uh, imposter syndrome? That's that's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure I have a really good answer, though. I don't know that I suffer from imposter syndrome as much as some people do. I um, When I got into programming, it was in a, uh, a pretty diverse class at the university. Um, a lot of my friends came from a lot of different backgrounds in terms of programming ability and gender. Um, so I was never really in a situation where I felt like there was social pressure against me being fitting the, the archetype of a programmer, um, which... I think is more luck than anything else.